Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome back, everyone, to the New Cyber Frontier. My name is Sean Murray. I will be your host for this edition. We have a special uh, couple of guests here uh, with us today. Uh, we're going to welcome one of Colorado Springs' own, Blake Marvin. And uh, he is the owner and solutions architect for his company, Avigen. He is joined uh, by Joe Nelson, uh, Colorado Springs firefighter, who is also a part of the Avigen team, at, uh, you know, dealing with uh, business relations. So, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate, appreciate you having us. Yeah. So, you know... Yeah, we were talking a few weeks ago and, you know, you're contributing here into the ecosystem. We're going to have you uh, at the Cybersecurity First Friday event for yeah. next month. Um, so, you know, uh, the network of folks that we usually have for that event between 100 and 150 um, and, and some of the folks online, we'll get to hear what you guys are contributing to the ecosystem. But I, what I'd like to do is, um, you know, why don't you tell us who you are, uh, give us some background, you and your wife, Jen. Yep. Um, you know, started this company and, right. um, you know, just give us a little bit of background. Who are you and, and tell us a little about your company. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for having us. Um, the, uh, background on me, that's a, it's a long story. We'll give you the short version. Um, I've been doing it, um, in some capacity for a little over 17 years at this point. Um, and if I'm being really honest, a little before that, uh, I technically started my first company working on computers when I was 12 years old. Nice. Um, so it's something I've always known that I loved. So you're a born entrepreneur. <laughs> I, I was born to do this. Um, I know that. Um, at 12 years old, uh, I wanted to build computers. Um, I went from building computers to building computer networks. Uh, and actually, when I was in high school, uh, by the time I had graduated, I had built over 1,000 computers um, for various people, started off as friends, gaming computers, that kind of thing, sure. and uh, graduated to friends, parents, businesses, networks, and uh, uh, that that kind of got my feet wet. Um, I was always uh, always into that, um, but then uh, I started actually getting some real deal IT jobs in my early twenties. Um, I left my companies at the time behind because I didn't know how to actually run a company right for being honest <laughs> it was more of a hobby right it was it, it was a hobby with a with a cool name and a logo yeah it's yeah occasionally got some money exactly yeah yeah no i spent more than i made i think that's <laughs> a hobby yeah early 20s right yeah, exactly um so then i went and got a couple of real it jobs um and uh i worked through uh my my younger 20s um as a systems engineer for a couple different IT companies and uh, got a lot of exposure. I've always been an outsource. I've actually never internally done IT for a company, which I, I think is an interesting dynamic because I think internal IT, you get a certain perspective on things. And I think seeing things from the outside, you get a certain perspective on things. Um, and not necessarily one way being better than the other. I think they complement each other very well. Um, 
but uh, it's a it's a unique perspective I've always had seeing things kind of from the outside. Um, while also a lot of the times we played the role of internal IT because we also ran you know people's entire networks. Sure. Um, so it was an interesting interesting way to you know kind of come up in the IT world. I think um, when I was 25, I got my first job as a uh, CTO of a company called Stone Tree Networks, where I was actually running the team. That was okay. the first real team I got to run. Was that here in Colorado? It or? was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, up in uh, uh, like Inglewood area. Okay. Yeah. And uh, in that role, we dealt with a lot of healthcare. It was primarily healthcare. Um, did very well with that for uh, a number of years um, until all the surgery centers and groups that we were working with started getting bought out. And uh, and uh, we ended up actually, that company ended up not not succeeding in the long run. Okay. But um, I continued doing what I do. And um, a lot of my clients from back in those days, um, I actually took on uh, on the side after we ended up parting that. It was interesting. So I actually have my my longest client of my own is actually about 11 years old at this point. Okay. And they came from that era. And um, I've been doing, like I said, I've been doing this for quite a while now at this point. But the uh, uh, idea for Avigen didn't come until, um, well, it, it, it was started off probably right around that time. I had my first, uh, idea of, at the time it was called Avigen. Um, okay. Yeah. And it was a, it was a company that was intended to, um, solve some problem at the moment. I hadn't quite figured out what it was. Sure. Um, and like all good businesses, you, you have to have a problem you're solving. And so, um, what sort of evolved over the next few years in me kind of looking at the ecosystem in general and seeing what was being done out there was I found a lot of MSPs, which were in a similar space to where I was at the time, um, were putting out some, honestly, some pretty bad work. Okay. Um, we were running into a lot of clients that had um, just big misses on uh, pretty obvious best practices with their IT. And... You know, I tend to try to walk into every situation with a best practices approach. Um, you know, I know like groups like yours can go and do pen testing and that sort of thing. We don't we don't live in the pen testing world. We work with guys like you to do that. Um, instead, we look at things from a, you know, what are the best practices that we know and are we following them? Okay. And I didn't see that happening in a lot of places. And I felt like there was a lot of just overall neglect going on. Um, you know, we get something up and running, it works. We leave it and walk away. And nobody really coming back in and doing some checks and balances. Sustainment. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I really wanted to put a system in place that required us to check ourselves in addition to checking other people's work. Um, and I wanted to make sure that at the end of the day, our heart was based on making sure that our clients not only felt secure, but had something backing that up. Okay. Um, and so that's where Avigen really started coming into play is – the more of these networks I saw that just had obvious misses with, you know, best practices, whether it's you know, firewall management, you know, identity management, go on down the list of things that they maybe weren't doing right um, and things that we could definitely do better for them. Okay. Um, I wanted to start making a standardized approach to do that. And I wanted to have a, a team that, A, had no ego, let's check the ego at the door. B, uh, didn't mind having their work checked. Um, and that's part of our system. You do it. Now he looks at it. Sure. And 
we don't ever walk out the door until both people agree. And sometimes we might need to bring in a third or a fourth people, you know, person in order to really vet out a solution and guarantee that we as a company feel like we've done a, a good job and we followed all the best practices for that particular system or that particular part of their IT uh, for a particular company. So all that to say, we come around to what is Avagen today. We're an MSP. Um, at its at its core, that's what we do. We come in and we build and maintain networks for uh, businesses. Um, I would say small to medium businesses for the most part, um, somewhere in the ballpark of you know fifty to a couple hundred employees is the the sweet spot. Um, and then we've got clients that are larger than that. We've got uh, a client that's smaller than that. Um, but uh, uh, that's the primary focus of what we do. Uh, we also do have a professional services arm. So we do some work with much larger enterprises and um, bigger entities that have full IT staffs and have full um, security departments and infosec teams with CISOs and so on and so forth. Um, but we, uh, you know, that's that's kind of a secondary leg of what we do. Our primary uh, goal is to really help support the small to medium businesses of the world, um, ideally with the same level of uh, expectation out of their network that you have in a, in a bigger enterprise. That's awesome. So we're talking to Blake Marvin. Um, Blake and his wife, Jen, uh, are the owners, founders of a local uh, managed uh, service provider here in the Colorado Springs area. Um, we'll be right back after this message and continue talking to Blake and Joe about uh, Avagen. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Sean Murray, New Cyber Frontier. We've got Blake Marvin from Avagen. He and his wife, Jen, have uh, started up this company um, lots of experience uh, dating back uh, many years of information technology, doing IT systems, networks, maintenance, um, strong focus. I guess what I really like to hear, you know, and I'll tell you, um, we've had three or four cyber breaches locally. Um, one was a real estate firm. One was a uh, tax and accounting firm. Um, and and I'm, I'm talking literally over the, the last six to eight weeks and some of the, 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 the issues that we see, like Microsoft Office 365 mm. environment, right? So yeah. um, uh, an adversary gets a hold of your account. Your account's being managed by a, a managed service provider. So not a managed security service provider, but a managed service provider. And it's the lack of knowledge of a 900-page security document that tells you how to secure um, you know, Microsoft Office 365. Um, so what, what I really liked in the description is how, um, as a solutions architect, you can walk into an organization, um, provide capabilities, 
but somebody else is going to come behind and make sure that it was implemented correctly, right? Or configured appropriately. And if you need to bring in the rigor of a third person or someone else, um, and, you know, with your background with healthcare, highly regulated industry, uh, it's not just about technology, right? It's understanding the critical business processes that are in place, how, you know, 80% of those processes are usually automated in any industry. And so there's security implications on how you do that. Right. Um, explain how your team understands how all those pieces to go together. It's not really just about IT. It's about enabling the business to be productive and allow them to focus on their core competencies while you manage their their infrastructure. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's good that you mentioned all that. So, um, so our team has a few different ways that we go about that. Obviously, we have our internal checks and balances, like you mentioned. Um, I also like that you mentioned third parties. Um, it's critical, especially, so we still have medical clients today, and it's critical uh, once a year at least um, we bring in a third party that has nothing to do with our company. Um, uh, there's a few particular ones we use um, to do both pen testing and just overall looks at um, – our, our environment from a security perspective. We do the security risk assessment, call it. Okay. And the security risk assessment, they'll come in and they examine everything from the processes we have to the security, both from an outside perspective, just, you know, hitting ports on a firewall and um, to things like, you know, making sure that our people aren't clicking on stuff in an email they're not supposed to click on. Right. <laughs> and which someone fails every year. I mean, it's somebody the number does. one most successful <laughs> method, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know, and it's it's good to do that constantly or as often as you can because, um, like you said, people their core competency is in IT. You know, it's our medical providers, their core competency is helping you feel better, uh, figuring out what's wrong with you, um, and they don't have the time to constantly sit there and understand how they're going to get attacked in this IT world. And these attacks are so good now. I mean, these guys are they're brilliant that are coming up with yeah, this stuff. Pretty sophisticated stuff. Really, truly. And um, and so the more the more we train, the more we train, the more we train our customers to help themselves, the better. Um, but then implementing things like you mentioned Office 365. Office 365, it's crazy. We did a we were actually in the process of doing an IT assessment um, back this was in March. During the IT assessment, I was standing on the uh, at the client site, and everyone starts panicking. I'm like, "Oh no, what's what's going on?" <laughs> so I kind of walk to the to where the fire is, right, and uh, find out they accidentally wired about two million dollars to the wrong account. Oh wow! And yeah, yeah, that's a big problem. <laughs> problem, and did a little quick tracing. It didn't take long to figure out what happened. Um, an attacker came in and uh, spoofed a domain. They they bought a domain that looked exactly like the domain they were that the other recipient was. Yep. Um, it was one letter off, but it looked right. I actually I had to take a double take before I recognized it because um, it was so close. And they copied the email format to a T. They actually inserted them. So they had hacked somebody's email account, which wasn't hard because at the time their passwords were horrible. Um, and so they hacked somebody's email account, got into their email, inserted themselves into a already going email thread regarding this wire transfer that had to happen. Wow. And then all they did was said, hey, by the way, we have a new uh, account number. Let me just send that to you. 
sent the account number, didn't get caught, accounts payable, switched it out, and the wire went out. Um, simple as that. You know, it was something that seemed so, so impossible for them. And then at the same time, it was so simple for somebody to do this. Um, and I mean, at the, at the core, there were a couple issues. One was weak passwords. Um, passwords in general, as far as I'm concerned, aren't good enough. Sure. I don't care how strong you think your password is. It's not good enough. Um, externally, always MFA. We have multiple factor um, authentication everywhere. Um, but when you talk about Office 365 specifically, I mean, they give you all these tools. Sure. You know, you just have to configure them. Right. And the problem is, you know, anybody can set up an Office 365 account. You don't need me to go set up an Office 365 account. But it helps if you have somebody like our team who can come in there and make sure that your Office 365 account isn't as easy as a simple password crack to get into somebody's email and to insert themselves into a chain where they can later steal $2 million from you. So um, it's, it's simple things that they're really not that, they're not that simple when you really get into the nitty gritty of it, but they're things that um, if if you have the right coach, which is essentially what we try to be for our clients, um, we're going to tell you, you know, you need, you need multi-factor authentication, uh, possibly even internally, you know, passwords are no better internally than they are externally. Sure. And people can, can crack your perimeter physically just a lot easier than you think they can. Yeah. Sometimes it just comes down to having physical access, right? Yep. We are talking to Blake Marvin uh, from Avigen. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation right after this. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back, everyone. Sean Murray, New Cyber Frontier. We're talking to Blake um, Marvin from Avigen, solutions engineer, owner, founder, um, managed uh, service provider. You know, you know, we know that a managed service provider mo- mainly focuses on IT solutions, but, you know, it's almost a, a strong flavor of, as an MSSP, right? Where you may not be providing a SOC as a service, but... Um, almost everything you do has to be considered with uh, a certain element of security, right? Yep. And you're talking about things like multi-factor authentication for Microsoft Office 365, which gets even more dynamic if I start integrating and, uh, you know, maybe a hybrid on-prem with my Active Directory and my uh, Microsoft Azure, um, or maybe it's 100% cloud-based, right? Then you start talking about getting access to additional sensitive software resources that yep. can really wreak havoc with some, some of the things that you discussed. Um, so when we talk about um, the client base, very small to, you know, uh, mainly focusing on uh, medium to small to medium size, small business. Um, what are the dynamics 
between say maybe a large business uh, a larger medium-sized business to one of your large corporate clients uh, what do the relationships look like between you and the client going back to your initial introduction of hey um, you know it's not just plug and play anymore there has to be a sustained relationship operation sustainment of your environment how do you have those discussions um, from the medium size uh, contrast that to the large size yeah, it's definitely a slightly different conversation. I mean, very similar uh, content, but the way we discuss it's different. Um, you know, our larger uh, enterprise clients that we do professional services with, um, a lot of times we we handle a silo. We handle a small piece of what they need. But at the same time, we get exposure to all these other pieces of things that are going on in their, in their environment. Um, and... I think you know, as a general rule, we always take it upon ourselves to be an advisor to them, just like we would for our, our smaller, fully managed clients, um, where if I see bad practices, like I'll give you a good, for instance, there was a client in the financial world, um, does banking uh, transactions, and they have an amazing set of security protocols in place. They have a great um, InfoSec team whose firewalls are the envy of probably a lot of people. Um, they, you they, don't hear that very often. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Those guys know how to make Palo Alto sing. We'll just say that. That's awesome. Um, but uh, the uh, flip side to that was we saw some very interesting um, behaviors going on in a different team on their, on their infrastructure side that was handling uh, how their file shares were being distributed in their uh, DFS. Um, for those of you who don't know, distributed file system. And uh, the core permissions at the, at the base of every single one of those shares actually allowed the everyone group full control, which um, I, we could go wrong anyone there. who doesn't know, <laughs> anyone who doesn't know, that's, that's not a good thing. Um, and for a fintech, that's really not good. Um, so they, uh, that was, I wasn't there to work on that. I was there actually deploying a, a VDI solution. Um, but, uh, clearly an issue that we needed to discuss. Um, and so, you know, we, we always keep our eyes open for, again, best practices. If we're, if we're seeing a best practice not being followed, um, we call it out and we'll have those discussions. And if we need to bring in other teams, we'll have those discussions, even if it's not necessarily part of the scope of what we were brought in to do. Sure. Um, because I, I don't just look at, I mean, I, I look at a statement of work for what it needs to be, but at the same time, I also look at the the business that I'm trying to help and the people behind that business. And it's important to those people that that business is, is uh, doing things the right way. And um, we'll never turn a blind eye to something like that. Um, meanwhile, you know, our, our other clients, you asked about the like smaller medium ones. Um, they, they have an interesting relationship with them because when we walk in there to a certain degree, they kind of, put them, put their, their network in our hands. And by proxy, they kind of put their business in our hands. And that's a very serious thing that someone's doing when they give you the level of control and power over their business that they, that they are doing. Sure. And it's something that, uh, you know, our team, we talk about it frequently, um, the level of responsibility that we carry as IT people. And, um, you know, every day that we wake up and talk to these people, our goal is to, A, understand what are the best practices right now, 
what are the current attack factors that we need to be protecting against that people know about? And obviously there's always those unknown zero days. Right. But um, there are some real obvious ones out there that, you know, a lot of people don't know. And uh, it's surprising to the level they don't know them. Um, so we, we constantly are educating ourselves so that we can properly educate our clients and um, really try to play an advisory role, make sure that whatever decisions they make, at the end of the day, they get to make the choice sure. on what we are or aren't going to do in their networks, but at least that they're making an informed decision. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's unique with small business, right? Because, um, you know, I, I work over with the uh, as a consultant for the Small Business Development Center here within our community. And so you'll get small businesses that are coming through and they just don't know what they don't know, back to your point, right? And then um, when you start looking and, you know, making recommendations, sometimes it's overwhelming for a small business owner. Mm -hmm. And back to your point of sure. being able to, uh, that business owner to transfer or share the risk associated with managing the IT environment to a managed service provider like Avigen, right? Yeah. Um, you know, allows them to focus on their core competencies, be productive, and then, you know, come back at some point and, hey, here's a strategy. What would it take to get there? Um, and, and at the same time, uh, having having the the context to be able to come back recognize other challenges that the client may not know about. Some people might look at that as upselling or, or, you know, trying to grow your footprint. There is a business strategy behind that. But if the approach is more to identify risk, the business owner gets to make the decision at the end of the day. That's really what it's all about. Right. So for small business, um, that's an awesome approach. And, and so um, as a managed service provider uh, within the community, your portfolio, you've talked about uh, some of those uh, more on the consulting side. Um, what about remote management, remote uh, administration of uh, organizations environments as well? Can you explain some of that type of work? Yeah. So we, we do actually a, a good portion of our work is done remotely. Um, in fact, we're, we're actually uh, one of those strange companies that doesn't have an office. And uh, we have enough employees now that people have asked, why don't you have an office? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> Sketchy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right? seriously, right? Um, and uh, and the, there's a couple of, you know, business reasons why not to have an office. But uh, also part of it, I think, is just the, the shifting trend in how we work. And, um, you know, we, we have a very secure platform that we use to – uh, take care of our own internal communications. We do have servers. We do have infrastructure. It's, it just resides in a you know cloud environment and a and a uh, data center environment. But um, uh, as far as how we do remote work with the clients, we have a couple of different ways we do that. Uh, primarily through our what we call an RMM platform. So we have a remote monitoring management platform, um, which is kind of an all-in-one tool for us that helps us manage a few different things. So we have a help desk, any of our fully managed clients um, where we manage their whole network. Um, they have a couple different ways to get in touch with us. They can call us from an 1-800 number, um, which rings directly to our knock team, um, or they can uh, send an email to our, uh, what we call our knock email address. Okay. Um, and that goes to our help desk team, which is also side by side with our network operations center, where we monitor and do live monitoring of every network we have. 
So we have a series of dashboards, a series of alerts and notifications. If there's a hiccup at a site that we manage, we know about it. Um, oftentimes, by the time the ticket comes in, we've already called somebody and told them, hey, we're, we're on this. Um, but uh, as far as everyone's computers goes, let's say, you know, um, there's, there's remote managing of servers. We can remote into a server. We can make changes. We can also, um, with a single click of a button, access someone's workstation and get onto it. Okay. One thing that I really like with our platform is, you know, some people get weirded out by that, you know, think big brother's watching <laughs> and, and, you know, I understand that. Um, one thing that's great with our platform is it announces us on the way in. So when we get on your computer, it clearly says right on your screen. Hey, if it, if it was me, it would say, you know, Blake Marvin is accessing your computer right now. Right. Um, which I think is is good because it helps with the uh, transparency with our clients so that they know we're not just looking in on them and, and you know, doing that kind of big brother stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a different role, really. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's just so much in your footprint. Um we're getting towards the end of our segment and we could go on for at least another hour. For sure. Um, <laughs> what I'd like to, to kind of pivot on is, um, so you have um, contracts that you're going after. Yep. Um, some government contract stuff. And, you know, in, in the next two minutes, give us the vision. Where's Avigen heading, heading um, in the next five to 10 years? Where do you see Avigen in the next five to 10 years? Next five to ten years, um, shortest version I can come up with. Avagen is we're going to continue building our our primary core f- focus, which is our our managed services um, contracts. At the same time, um, our professional services wing has really picked up steam, and and I I really enjoy being able to do that. In fact, I think by doing that, um, it serves both sets of clients better because we see. Um, how the other side of the world is doing things. Sure. And it keeps us engaged in both of those. Um, Cause there, there are differences in an enterprise network versus a small to medium business network. Um, and a lot of those differences can really actually be leveraged in the other, if you, um, you know, allow it. So we're going to keep building both of those things. Um, I think at the end of the day, as far as where we're going, we're going to grow. Um, uh, we're going to grow through a couple different things. The biggest thing is, um, we're, we're taking the time and really proving that what we care about at the end of the day is our client. Um, and I, and not that, not that there aren't other people out there doing that. Um, but there are people that aren't doing that. Right. And I think there's far too many of them, if I'm being honest. Um, and my goal frankly is to, uh, shed light on the, the people that need to do better. Um, and, uh, to help find the people that, uh, are being underserved and uh, serve them appropriately and, and help give them the, the true warm and fuzzies they need that their uh, IT infrastructure is being handled properly. Not just from a security perspective, but truly understanding the mission and vision of what these organizations are doing. You know, these people, whatever they're doing, they've set out on a mission and they're trying to accomplish something uh, in the world. And IT usually is just one of those things that helps them get there. Right. Enables the business. Enables it. They yep. don't they don't care how many servers we have or how they're set up. They just want it to work and they want it to truly enable their vision and their vi- and their mission. And and that's what I want to do as well. I want to help them identify where we can maybe do that better. 
You know, this is what you guys are trying to do and you're doing it this way. Well, what if we did this, you know, and really try to open up new horizons for other people's visions, but do it in a safe way and do it in a way that uh, as much as possible, we can mitigate risk and we can help people to uh, sleep soundly at night. Yeah. You know, rest assured that, you know, those 80% of those business processes that are being managed um, from a, a managed service provider's perspective with an element of security, awareness, privacy, um, that level of care, the quality assurance that goes along with your approach to maintaining the, your clients' relationships. Um, how does uh, a client contact you? Oh, it's real easy. Um, two ways. We have a website, which is www.avagen.com. And that's spelled with a J, by the way. Okay. Um, little tricky thing there. My wife's name is Jennifer. And uh, oh. Avagen stands for Advanced Generation Networks. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, but uh, the G just wasn't cool enough, so we went with a J. <laughs> you know, little That's tri- awesome. A little tribute to the wife. All right. Well, um, perfect. And uh, then how else can they contact you? 855-755-6444. Outstanding. So this will wrap up this edition of the New Cyber Frontier. I am talking to Blake Marvin. He's an architect, solutions engineer, founder, owner of Avagen. I really appreciate you and Joe coming in and and sharing uh, uh, what you're doing over there at Avagen and uh, what you're contributing here locally to the uh, ecosystem. Definitely. Thank you so much. Have a great day. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world. But you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at newcyberfrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.